that wiggle room right on. You know, there's some things that, you know, okay, we could give a little on this or that. But there are some non-negotiable standards that you don't even question. You as a person need to have some of those because if you don't, you get pushed around and, and you'll do things that you know are wrong at some point. And you as a family, you as a household need to have some things that you simply will not tolerate and you won't give in on. And by the time your kids reach a certain age, they should know what's not tolerated in your house. I'm going to say that again. By the time they reach a certain age, you know, maybe for some kids a little younger, some kids a little older, but they should know what's not tolerated in your house. Now, they may not admit it, but they know most of the time, they should know most of the time, what your answer will be to a lot of the questions they ask you. Hey, can we go over here, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. They already know. If they were to fully tell you who all was going to be there, they know what the answer would be, right? Come on. And why? Because you've got standards. And, and there's, you know, we love everybody, but there's some, you know, kids like, hey, uh, this, this kid's out there doing bad things. I don't want you around that, right? It's not that we hate the child, but if he's out there, you know, smoking things and doing things, like, I don't want you to hang out with that child. It's not because I hate the kid, but I love you so much that I don't want you being around that. We've got standards that are non-negotiable. And so, anyway, um, you, know, th you know, I just remember back as a kid, there was something I didn't even question. And, and, and as I've grown up, I remember there were some shows I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. And now if, even if I see that show, I'm like, oh, turn the channel. My mom's going to ask. Oh, no. <laughs> My mom says I'm not allowed to watch that. And I've even, I've, there's some little movies that the kids see on Amazon or something. Dad, can we watch such and such? I'm like, dude, I am not allowed to watch that. Maybe you guys, you talk to your mom. I can't watch, I'm not allowed to watch that. Dude, no way. <laughs> My mom finds it. But there's some, there's just some things that you already know the answer to. And your kids should already know the answer that there's just some standards that you have in your home. And so my kids know there's a couple things that may not be the biggest thing to everybody, all right? But there's some things I hate. I hate cussing. And some of you think that I'm just silly because I, but I hate it. I can't stand foul language. And my kids know that. So if you're going to put something on my TV with that, we're going to shut it off real quick. Uh, it's not going to last long in my house. And I'm, you know, it's just, and maybe you think I'm overboard. That's fine. You watch what you want to watch. But uh, as for me and my house, we ain't going to put that stuff in the environment and pollute the air with nasty. And especially, you're not going to come into my house and use those words. Or around my kids. I was some knucklehead at Walmart the other day. Had my little Sam with me there in the car. Dude starts cussing at me. I'm like, man, get away from me and my five-year-old. You, you have no decency. I didn't say this, but I thought it, okay? I thought it. <laughs> oh, I thought it. I should have came out like, man, it's a five-year-old kid. Are you that just stupid? Come on. Anyway, but they know, my kids know, I hate alcohol. I hate it. Why? Well, I, I have compassion for those that struggle with addiction, but I hate this stuff because it's ruined several generations of my family. I've got relatives that I hate it. That it's, it's ruined their lives. I can't stand this stuff. And so keep it away from me and keep it away from my kids. And, you know, if you're like, well, you know, 
you can argue all day long, whatever. No, the Bible says that as long as you don't get drunk. Okay, so you tell me what that magical line is, and then you can just do what you want to do. It's your business. But for me and my house, we don't, I don't want my kids around that junk because it runs in the sample's blood that you touch it and you're addicted. And I don't want nothing with that. And so th these, are, these are just some examples. I'm not preaching at you and to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you some standards that we've established in our house. Now, you need to have some standards in your home also where the kids are like, you know what? Even if you're not there, but they're in an environment of peer pressure, they're like, you know what? My family just doesn't do that, okay? And uh, I'm not judging you because that's the magical phrase these days. I'm not judging you, but... You know what? We don't do that. They need to have such a culture and a standard in their hearts from the home that they can walk away from wrong situations. Amen? And it's not because I'm, no, I, I would, guys, but my dad would kill me if he found out I did that. No, it's, uh, you know what? what? Just that's not, my family just, we don't do that. You know what? You guys, do you. I'm going to do me, and I'm going to quit. And even as an adult, you find yourselves in situations of peer pressure. On the job. And, and, and you should have such a standard in your heart that you've set for your home that you know to walk away from the situation because you know, I tell my kids this, I'm not getting involved in this either. But what's it all come down to? It comes down to the culture that you've created for the family. I want to show you something here in 1 Timothy 1. 1 Timothy 1. What are we talking about? Well, there's got to be some things that you don't tolerate. Now, you have to have some standards that are clear-cut, and the whole family knows them. And especially, this is more important than ever in this day and age with the junk that's being thrown at our kids. Your kids face situations and hear things at school. I mean, that, that would have made sailors blush 50 years ago. <laughs> they hear things and see things and experience things in elementary school now. That, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You've got to set the standard at home. I hear stories from some of our church kids, and it breaks my heart. They get bullied at school for standing up about what the Bible talks about. They're not even being mean. They're not shoving it down people's throats. But had a kid that someone, well, what do you think about this? Well, my, the Bible and my church says this. Kid gets physically bullied for it. But he had the guts to stand up for what was right. I'm so proud of that, man, that, that this elementary kid, he knew that he was probably going to take a little beating from the tolerant, peace-loving crowd. You okay? They're, they, they're tolerant as long as you agree with them. And then, I mean, boom, boom, boom. But at the same time, he had such a foundation and culture laid within him, he already knew the answer, and he stood up for what was right. That's a good family right there. That's awesome. I love it. I don't love that the kid got bullied, but I love that he was able to stand up for it because there are some things that we have convictions about. Now, there's personal convictions, and, 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 and that's something kind of, you know, that's between you and God. There's some convictions. It's not even personal. The Bible straight up says what's right and wrong. So whether it's a, well, I know the Bible says that stealing's wrong, but personally, that's not my conviction. Well, it doesn't matter what your conviction is. The Bible said what was wrong on that. Then there's some things where the Bible may not straight up say, thou shalt not, but in your heart you're like, you know, that's not for us. We don't do that. And you better obey it. You don't want to violate your conscience. 
1 Timothy 1.19. It says, cling to your faith in Christ. Why? And keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. What a powerful verse. When we deliberately violate our conscience, when we do something that we know in our heart is wrong, it leads to a shipwrecked faith. Don't violate your conscience. Don't let teach your kids the fear of God to such a way where they you know we don't we don't do that. We don't tolerate that. They need to have faith in Jesus Christ. And if they're wish-washy on all their beliefs, it ain't gonna happen. You gotta set the standard, all right? And so I'm gonna look at one last verse here today. I don't know, maybe I've gone a little long, I don't know, but check it out. Romans 14 and verse 23. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Amen. We're talking about setting the culture and the environment for your home. It's so important. It's so important that you, you your kids know and that you as an adult knows and, and your grandkids and anybody that walks into your home, they're like, you know what? That's not what they do here. We're going to respect this house. Romans 14, verse 23. Now this whole chapter is, is, is just got some beautiful stuff about convictions and, and all this, but I got to get to this here. Romans 14 and verse 23. And there are some things that the Lord has just told you in your heart, you know what? Not for you. That's not for you. That's not for your family. And you've got to make that clear cut to your kids and to all who enter your home. So Romans 14, check it out here. And verse 23, it says, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. Why? Well, you know, this whole thing isn't just strictly about food because I want to get to this. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. And so, again, what are we talking about? We're talking about laying the foundation for you and for your house, creating that culture and environment. And there are some things that you say, you know what, this is not this is not tolerable here. This is not something that we are going to give in on. If you believe in your heart something's wrong and you do it anyway, you are sinning. And so, why does God give us personal convictions anyway? The simple answer is this. To give us opportunities to obey Him, even if it seems silly. Now, there's a certain store that I won't go to. And I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and put them on blast. But they defiantly, deliberately in your face, cram things at you that I can't stand and that are totally anti-Bible. Now, the majority of corporations these days do that anyway. And so, yeah, I, I, but this particular store, I just got a conviction in my heart, and it nearly makes my stomach turn. And so I'm not, I'm not going to put them on blast. You shop there. That's fine. You do what you're going to do. But my personal conviction is I won't go there. And sometimes we're Christmas shopping, and we'll be like, oh, wow, they've got it for 50% off. I'd rather pay 10 times the retail price than give them a penny. <laughs> and I'll do it. And, and why? That may seem silly to you. That's fine. But in my heart, I've got a conviction that they ain't getting a dime from me ever again. And I used to shop there. And there's plenty of stores that shouldn't get any of my money. But at the same time, I haven't got this conviction about all those other ones that I do this store. And my kids, I'm, you know, don't ask them, but they know what store I'm talking about. And I won't go there for nothing. And that's just, what I'm telling you is this, is that 
there's going to be some things in your life where you draw the line and say, we ain't crossing this line. We've got a standard, and we've got a conviction. And if it seems silly to everybody else, fine. They can live their life. They'll answer to God for their life. We're going to answer to God for our life and for our house. And so, yeah, who are you going to serve? The gods that your ancestors served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now? It's your choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And so we've got a responsibility. And you have to set the culture for your house And you have to create the environment and the foundation that you want it to be. And it's going to have to be on purpose because it does not happen by accident. Amen. Can we stand up together today? Praise God. Can we stand up? I I trust and I believe and I hope that everybody receives something from God's word today. And I want you to know our hearts that we love you and we want you here and we want to help your family. We want you to have a wonderful marriage. We want your children to grow up and have a wonderful marriage and to raise a new godly generation for Barstow where the next generation doesn't know broken homes. They don't know any of this stuff. All they know is, hey, they know God. Amen? Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up today. And what we're going to do is this. If you're here and you need prayer for something, we want to pray for you. We have faith in Jesus that he can change your situation around. If you need healing for your body, we'd love to pray for you. According to Galatians, excuse me, James 5.16, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Run them with oil. The prayer of faith to save the sick. We'd love to do that for you. If you need prayer for your finances, prayer for your marriage, prayer for your children, prayer for your job, whatever, we'll pray for any of it. But the most important thing is this. If you are here and, and you do not have a right relationship with Jesus, Only you can answer that question. I'm not going to attempt to answer that for you. Maybe you're here and and you've just simply never really put that much thought into it or given him your heart. Okay, that's one group of people. Then there's another group where, hey, you followed Jesus and served him at one point, but you walked away from him. He didn't leave you, but hey, let's get real. You left him. And what we want to do today is this, is pray for you and lead you back into right standing and the right relationship with him and get that where it needs to be, all right? And so whatever your need may be, we've got a prayer team here. We want to pray for you. And if you're like, hey, we don't need prayer today, that's wonderful. What you need to do is worship God right there where you're at, amen? So Josh is going to lead us in worship, and we're going to take a few minutes here. Let's go.
for me, for me, my only Jesus, for me, for me, my only Jesus, for me, for me, my only Jesus, for me, for me. Never satisfied. 
Jesus. Well, praise God. It's another great day to be in the house of the Lord together. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We just love seeing what the Lord's doing. We'll have a young man just come up and give his life to Jesus. And we love that. Amen. Amen. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we believe that. And that's our biggest goal right there. Amen. Well, as we close out, I want to remind you that you are loved. We love you. You matter. You are not insignificant. You're not a nobody. You're someone important. And we love you with all of our hearts. And Jesus loves you. And he has such an incredible future planned for you. Just submit it to him and give it to him. Amen. You've got to be focused and intentional and on purpose. But you matter to us. You are very, very special. And we love you with all of our hearts. You are incredible. Amen. All right. Well, I want to remind you that we have service tonight at six o'clock. Pastor's bringing the word to us. Amen. It's going to swing that sword. Yeah. We do have our, our prayer group warfare prayer at five o'clock. And uh, so come on out and we're going to uh, have a good time of prayer and then service at six. And uh, Friday night is our married group. We're going to have dinner together and play some games and celebrate and all this fun stuff. So anyway, Child care is available. If you are married and you want to come, go sign up at the info booth. All right? Praise God. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to close out in prayer today. Then we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. Let's do this. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word today. And, Lord, I pray a, a blessing over every single household that is here today, over everybody that's watching online with us, Lord. I thank you that these marriages are blessed in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. We speak the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the love of Jesus Christ into every home here 
in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that we're raising godly kids. We're raising godly grandchildren that fear you and honor you and love you. They stand up for what's right. They stand against the lies of our current day. And they stand up for the truth of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for blessing on everybody here. We love you. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. We're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow as we close out today. And do you have something else? We need Julie Kilpatrick. Oh, she's right. We need Julie Kilpatrick. Is Julie in the house? She's going to be induced for labor in a few hours to have a baby. And is she here? All right. All right. Hey. We love people, and we really love babies. And so <laughs> we're, we put her on the spot, but that's all right. Hey, think about that. You're going to be induced for labor, and you still have time for church. Come on. that And a nap. She's going to clear out time for a nap. This is a woman of God. Amen? All right. So we're going to, hey, I'm going to let you, honey, why don't you pray over her? You're more familiar with these type of things than me. You have four children. and this is her third and we're so excited for her but we also just want to be in agreement that everything goes smooth and the anointing of God in that room this evening so be in agreement with me would you father thank you so much for this precious life you're about to bring into the world I thank you Lord for the peace of God and Julie's body and in that room tonight the right doctors and nurses that they would have the wisdom of God to be able to do their jobs well Thank you for your peace and anointing in that room tonight. We know that mom and baby are healthy and whole by the stripes of Jesus. We just thank you that this is just going to be a blessed, wonderful delivery, that she's going to have such joy as a mother. We ask, Lord, that because we're redeemed from the curse, that you make it so much easier. In Jesus' name, we praise you for it. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, we're going to close out with our Barstow faith confession because we believe that uh, we believe whatever my wife says we was going to go on. That's not true. No. So one more thing while we're talking about Miss Julie. Sorry, delayed. Um, if you are interested in taking a meal to Miss Julie this next week after she's home, um, let me know after service and we'll get you signed up to take meals to them. Amen. That, yeah, that's something we do as a church family. You have a baby. Hey, we'll bring you dinner for a whole week because we love you. Amen. <laughs> and now we can, you know what? Why don't you bless Barstow, baby girl? He's tired of passing the mic. Okay, ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barso is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barso is full of love, joy, and peace. Barso is full of the glory of God. Barso is coming to Jesus. Barso is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.